0: The CNBC app. Global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. A very warm welcome everybody. You're watching Squawk Box this Friday morning and here are your headlines. Standard Chartered shares see a sharp pullback in Hong Kong after First Abu Dhabi Bank rejects a report it was preparing a $35 billion offer for the Asia-focused lender. Chinese inflation data comes in weak and sends mixed signals with factory-gate prices continuing to fall, while CPI rises at its fastest
1: pace in three months. Disney and Nelson Peltz declaring a truce after the entertainment giant announces sweeping job cuts and restructuring plans. The CEO, Bob Iger, and Nelson Peltz tell CNBC they share a joint vision for the future of the company.
2: We talked about cost-cutting right away.
0: We reorganized the company. We've recommitted to profitability and streaming. We will be watching, we will be rooting, and the proxy fight is over.
1: Long posting an 8% jump in quarterly sales thanks to strong performances in Europe and the United States. But does admit it saw a drastic slowdown in China during lockdown. We're going to hear from the uh, CEO, Nicolas Aronimous, later this morning. And Adidas warns it faces a €700 million hit if it fails to offload trainers designed alongside disgraced rapper Kanye West. Putting the group on track for its first annual loss in three decades. (laughs) Good morning, Paul Taylor. Yeah, Mary, the producer today. What's that? Well, I've told him it's going to be the best show of the week. Okay. You know, his, his head's in his hands, worried right. about what on earth we're going to get up to. Good right. morning, David. Right. Good morning, viewer. Good Thank morning, Geoffrey. Good morning.
0: Good what morning. did you learn on your travels? Uh, I learned that um, it, it, for some reason, traveling between Zurich and uh, the oh, UK seems to be incredibly difficult so when it comes to punctuality right. for airlines you, and for the, uh, for the handlers at Heathrow to actually get flights, the gate yeah? ready and to get the... Uh, the boarding bridge ready as well
1: so one hour 50 flight Zurich london yeah
0: yeah it's pretty short
1: so total of just under four hours of traveling but uh, you had over yeah. four hours of delays in total well it was pretty, yeah it wasn't oh, quite four work? hours no, i was learned something else extensive. as well
0: but apart from that um the interview was fantastic and oh, thank you so. to the folk over at credit swiss who um hosted us Do you yesterday.
1: know i i will say this and i'll say it time and time yeah. again i think credit swiss has a lot of problems. I, we've said it for a long time, you and I. Yeah. But actually, their ability to, and wrong phrase, the ability to stand up and be counted is second <coughs> to none. Yes. It is an absolute top example of a company that's going through a lot of issues, that is standing there and putting management up, the CEO in this case, the chairman, uh, with you previously as well, yeah. to stand up and say, look, we know we've got problems, but we'll, we're happy to still talk. And it is a real good example. I had breakfast with a communications expert, one who's been at two of the biggest Hope companies. You paid. <laughs> it was a very small breakfast yesterday yeah, um, with yeah. someone who's basically been the top guy at a couple uh, of FTSE 100 companies. And, yes. um, uh, and, and he said to me, Always, always get on the front foot. Always get out there and say the message as well. And, and four marks to Credit Suisse. Yeah, and here, this is my fee, and this is what you're going to pay, <laughs> no, 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 and these he, are my billable hours. He was Look, to be honest, I've never met
0: anybody in the communications industry who hasn't said it's a good idea to get on the front
1: foot and, and yet, get the message across. And yet, how many times and have yet. you and I had. Companies who are hi, Steve. Hi, Jeff. What's the yeah. name? Oh, hi, Jeff. <laughs> hi, Steve. Yeah. Karen, lovely to see you. They haven't got yeah. a clue who we are. No. Uh, when the numbers are good, yes. And yet, when the things get worse, yes. The tough get going. The tumbleweed, the, tumblewood, the tumblewood, tumbleweed, 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 yeah. tumbleweed going yeah. through like an old Western. CNBC San... becomes like an old San... CNBC, uh, like an old Western shantytown Out of for, for a few dollars more when they've got a bit of bad news. They don't right. want to know us. Right. Anyway, so, enough about Vodafone so in, in, in Sounds the, like it
0: could be a new Netflix series, that one. <laughs> Tumblewood.
1: <laughs> Tumblewood. Okay, let's move on while we're talking about the banks. Well, did you see that banks.
0: story yesterday? With Yes. Which, <laughs> we um, chatted about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you and were there talking about Credit Suisse. Yeah, we were chatting about it, and then, and then I chatted about it to Jamana uh, and something didn't seem quite right, did I it? Because I Because Standard Chartered had an obligation, if they had been in communication to with tell, First Abu Dhabi, to tell the, to the, to tell the market. The but they were
1: saying, no, no, we've got nothing to say. But here's my problem. Go on. The news organisation, which was banging the drum loudest about this. Bloomberg. Yes, yeah. has a very strict code of conduct when it comes to reporting Absolutely. sources on stories. So Absolutely. something went wrong with their checking process. And I'm not here to beat up in Bloomberg, by the way. It's a very yes. fine news organisation many, many times, and we have some very good friends there. Nice yeah. to see you, guy, if you're watching this morning. Yeah. But but the point being and is and Anna, and Anna, nicely, and Manus, <laughs> and the Manus, and Yusuf, and everyone else, because <laughs> they all go there eventually from us. Oh, right. um, but but the point the point being but the point being is they normally have a very strenuous checking of their stories on both sides of the deal. Yeah. Something's gone wrong.
0: Uh, Or somebody's not telling the truth, which is also a possibility here. But let's get into the story. I know you're waiting for your briefing, so let's get your morning briefing done here. Standard Chartered, pairing back gains in Hong Kong after first Abu Dhabi Bank issued a statement saying it is not evaluating a possible offer. Shares in the bank spiked in London Trade Thursday on the back of a Bloomberg report that FAB was going ahead with a $35 billion offer codenamed Silver Foxtrot. They've got all the details. That's the really odd thing about this. That was my nickname. Once the UK's <laughs> takeover call—that's not what they call you behind your back. Oh, uh, yeah. Cooling off period had <laughs> elapsed. That would have been a more than $10 billion premium on Standard Chartered's market exactly. value. And that's the extraordinary thing here: that we've had a run up the hill on the back of the rumours. There were very detailed. Um, uh, leaks about this apparently very um, very specific information that the whole project is called Silver Foxtrot mm. and they've been working on it and compiling the plan of attack and so forth and yet apparently Standard Chartered knew nothing about it. I I think this is one that the regulators probably should have a look at because what is the source of the rumours? Did it come from people who are connected? with the organizations or did it come from investment bankers who may have been briefed and then may have been briefing the media so somebody wow. should look into this
1: or the lawyers or the absolutely consultants or oh, the photocopiers a, um, for, well look a, you know, when, a whole when bunch you of put together here. a deal it yeah. is not just the two uh, counterparties is mm. it there is a vast mm. army of consultants lawyers sponsors investment bankers house bankers as well who get involved in these things and there are thousands of points where anything like this could have got into the uh, into the media
0: yeah uh, but it was good enough for what was it a five percent turn yesterday uh, I well think, no they the were up
1: actually uh, in the morning they were up over seven percent when right. Karen and i were looking at the story and we got you on from Zurich to chat about it as well yeah absolutely i mean it is a watch this space because
0: i think the minute you start talking about a bank being in play Everybody calls in their bankers and says, run the slide rule over this business. What is the breakup value? Which bits of the business would we be interested in? Were it to be bought by somebody else and were it to be um, uh, cut up? as a consequence of, of uh, perhaps regulators seeing well, some aspect as anti-competitive. So I think people may, may be looking at Standard Chartered now, but I have to say, you know, the, the, the messaging uh, that we had from the senior management out of Davos was still very much, you know, a bid, a bid. This is news to us.
1: So, th- th- there's a couple of things to say. If, um, one I'll say about Standard Chartered, another thing I'll say about um, spurious rumours, again, and, and just... Yep. Uh, so um, sta- Standard Chartered, uh, Well, I mean, look, the the fact of the matter is they're doing a lot independently at the moment and they're very, very happy with their situation. They've got an Asia focus, which, of course, they think is really going to do very well for them um, over the next couple of years as people look at that region once again and China stabilises as well. Um, But the fact of the matter is it is not a mad thought to see Middle East investors who are looking at banks ie the one you were looking at yesterday credit Mm. so it's ie deutsche bank as well which has qatari shareholding the one you were looking at has saudi and qatari holdings as well so it is not beyond the realms that um the diversification story out of the middle east looks at well-established international banks especially Mm. one looking at asia so that is not something that is out the realms of possibility in fact it is very possible as well it's a very credible idea but but going back to the rumor meal mm. and as these mm. things happen as well have mm. can you i don't know if the team can do mm. this. this is a little bit uh, have you got a year chart on credit swiss very quickly i don't know if you have but if not don't worry i can talk over it because i'm going back to june mm. early june last year because you know where i'm going now as well yeah. when the shares in uh, credit swiss were trading circa six 25, 625 Swissy, so pretty much double where they are now, and a bit of change as well. Yes. That's brilliant, team. Thank you very much indeed. So in the middle of that chart, if you look up, you can see it's about about six and a quarter Swiss francs per share. Yep. That is when the Parada Platts spurious story hits the wires, early mm. June 2022. Uh, and it was worth a tiny blip on the day. In fact, I think that might even be it there on the on the J there, just yes. above it there. A tiny blip on the day it was worth as well. Thereafter, when you and I, and I've got to be honest, I, no one could have been quicker out of the blocks than you and I saying, this sounds like it's nonsense, Yes. by the way, because it was a time of another profit warning at the bank as well. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, they don't last long, these bid stories, and actually they don't manage to keep the stock elevated for long, uh, as shown by Credit Suisse there.
0: No, no, absolutely. Can't disagree with that. Um, but, you know, you've got to recycle your petrodollars somewhere. And why not I, I, a and that's I
1: couldn't agree more that right. it is interesting for Middle Eastern operations, whether it's sovereign wealth funds or Middle yep. Eastern banks themselves, to look at Asia-focused banks or, dare I say, Europe-focused banks. It, it makes a lot of logical sense.
0: Yeah, so it's a watch this space on Standard Chartered. Uh, we'll continue reporting on the story this morning. But at the moment, um, it does look... Very strange.
1: By the way, hello to Tom as well. He was the one we didn't mention, who's on air at Bloomberg.
0: Uh, Harris?
1: He's not on air at Bloomberg. No, he's not, but
0: you know. There are more, (laughs) there are more. I think think the only
1: one who hasn't worked here is probably Francine, isn't it?
0: Maybe, maybe. Good morning, Francine, by the
1: way. Lovely to see you. Nice to see you yesterday in Switzerland. China's factory gate prices, it's me, uh, fell more than expected in January as the sector struggles to recover from the pandemic. Consumer prices also came in weaker than forecast, up 2.1% on the year. The fastest pace in three months driven by the Lunar New Year holiday shopping after Beijing reversed its zero Covid policy. Oh, well, Sam joins us now with more. Hello, Sam. How are you?
3: Good morning to you, Stephen. Jeff. Uh, happy Friday to you. Um, yeah, look, as you say, a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to that inflation data, largely to do with seasonal factors. We've seen the PPI going down. We've seen the CPI going up. At a headline level, what that tells us is that um, the consumer boost that we saw during the Lunar New Year holiday, which really drove up those sticker prices, hasn't been really felt from the upstream companies just yet. So that suggests that the manufacturing sector is perhaps uh, slower to recover at the moment despite some signs of improvement certainly in the PMIs that we've seen but uh, I mean it's no surprise because we do know that there are still some persistent pressures there when it comes to employment uh, and also COVID so uh, when it came to the consumer prices as I say largely to do with seasonal factors around the spring festival you only had to look at those food prices which was really the story here things like vegetables are really soaring Uh, pork prices which of course is important to that basket stabilized uh, but what we've seen is people uh, going out and about during that holiday period off the back of that reopening and things like movie tickets etc. When you look at core inflation, uh, when you strip out that volatile food and energy of course, uh, what we've seen is that ticking up as we have seen that demand for things like the healthcare sector and also travel uh, rebounding of course uh, during the Lunar New Year holiday uh, as well but it still remains relatively benign and so there is some expectation in the market that that still should give the PBOC uh, more wiggle room. I think with the PPI also, that was largely down to some of those falling energy costs, things like oil and also coal. Now, moving forward, there is an expectation that we'll continue to see those consumer prices picking up as China is transitioning to learning to live with this virus. There is some expectation that perhaps we could even see it nudging towards that 3% government target that they set last year, although I was talking to an economist this morning who was saying it probably won't be until Q4 when we start to see the PBOC's headroom being squeezed, although even then uh, there is an expectation in the market that uh, perhaps we won't see the kind of inflation that we've seen in other parts of the world, in the West, in those economies, uh, and nor will we see the central bank over in China having to raise interest rates. But as far as the market reaction is concerned today, what we've seen is a pullback when it comes to Chinese stocks, Uh, a couple of things uh, weighing on sentiment. Of course, what that tells us is that uh, investors are perhaps not now looking for a bit more proof, a bit more evidence that China is on a strong recovery path now. We've got some of that in the PMIs. Of course, we're not getting a lot of data this month because January and February is combined because they tried to strip out some of that distortion caused by the Chinese New Year. So we do get that in March. So perhaps uh, investors are looking for that. Uh, But throw US-China tensions in the mix and we've got a down market. There are a few other things at the moment as well, uh, weighing on things, uh, a of excitement around that is starting to fade Uh, but really the market is very much fixated now uh, on that reopening and that recovery and also the stimulus now as far as that is concerned looking forward uh, we are expecting in the next few days to see uh, China bank lending there is an expectation that we saw a record high in the month of January so some of that credit demand coming back of course we do see that ticking up to capture those high quality customers and also that market share but that's what the next thing we're watching out for uh, in the coming days. Steve back to you.
1: Oh super duper thank you very much indeed for uh, filling us in with all the uh, all key matters Asian out of Singapore. Thank you Sam right have a lovely weekend. Uh, Applications for US unemployment benefit rose for the first time in six weeks but remained historically low. Initial jobless claims rose by 13,000 to a higher than expected 196,000 in the week ending February 4th. Above expectations and up from the prior week's nine month low of 183,000. I'll take you through the US markets very, very quickly. Um, actually, I didn't even realize, I mean, I didn't think it's been that aggressive a descent until yesterday. But actually, we've uh, declined five out of the last six sessions on the Dow. I didn't particularly feel like that you know sometimes when you've fallen aggressively you feel every every decimal of it but this time around no we've fallen uh five out of six days in a row um but for the week the dow is actually only down by about seven tenths of one percent so Interesting. Not a huge decline on those other days, offset by the one day uh, of the rally as well. The Nasdaq, it ha- you have felt it a little bit more this week, though uh, down 1.8% for the week, uh, and the s and down 1.3%. But yesterday, communication services re- remained uh, the worst performer. In fact, for the week, that sector uh, has declined nearly 6%. So that um, that happiness that was felt around the markets about oh maybe the Fed slowing down a little bit uh, in the first weeks of the year just just pulled out a little bit, isn't it? All that excitement we had in January, just a little bit of the off the boil, communication services down yesterday, uh, just under 3%, 11 out of 11 sectors were in negative territory. I should say also that solid declines were experienced for the transports and indeed for the Russell 2K. Uh, I'll whiz through some of these individual corporate stories, we've already discussed at length over the last 48 hours. The fact that Nelson Peltz and uh, Bob Iger uh, are finding some accord. I mean, the big, big rally in Walt Disney over the last three months, barely coming off the ball yesterday. 27%, like a lot of these technology stocks, they've had outsized gains. I say technology, it's a media and technology company, of course, Uh, solid rally over the last three months. But at the moment, peace breaking out between activists and management over at Disney. Uh, Lift after hours, oh my goodness me. You can see it before I do. Look at these moves. So you you miss and you've got elevated expectations and elevated price earnings and elevated valuation across the board. And this is the kind of punishment that the market is still prepared to meet out to you. 30% lower after hours. There's a lot to discuss in Lyft and what was going on there. Uh, Safe to say, and I'll just give you one stat as well. Forecasts for profitability on an adjusted basis have now been placed at between five and 15 million for the current quarter. Wall Street had been expecting $85 million. So I'm afraid to say profitability is the same old issue uh, at a lot of these um, gig economy companies, but vicious punishment. metered out to lift. And the problem lies in the fact that the valuations are elevated. I don't just mean technology. I'm talking about the S&P. 20 odd times trading 21 22 times trading still uh, moving on let's take a look at the treasuries and where we're currently trading on that, uh, those metrics again the uh, yield on the two year has been picking up the underlying falling pretty much all week uh, nearly 4.49 is where we're trading on the two-year paper the 10-year trading at 366 the 30-year we haven't looked at that for a little while uh, 3.7 Four, three. Dollar crosses. Well, what did the dollar do uh, in the previous session as well? You can see it's just coming off the boil a little bit, uh, but the dollar index over this week has gained 0.3%. But as you can see, pretty much even Stevens across the board, dollar-yen flirting with the line. That's why you've got that annoying green, red, black thing going on there as well. Um, let's have a look at the Asian inner sea. Sam just talking us through a whole host of the big stories out of Asia. We have these moves to consider. So a negative bias, but with a, a Nikkei, which is um, just putting popping up by 3 tenths of 1%. Uh, the worst performer so far, South Korea, the Kospi down 7 tenths of 1%. What do the opening calls look like? I hear you ask. Well, I'll show you. Well, I'll show you. Well, I'll, oh, there we go. Right, so we are called lower across the board. It felt a bit soggy yesterday. We were hitting all kinds of highs on the FTSE and elsewhere. Um, But it did feel soggier throughout the session, actually, and uh, we we just kind of lost momentum. Again, a lot of these indices have had jolly old good rallies uh, before they've got to this current point. Now, I I, I dabbled with the the idea of peace breaking out between two titans of business and finance. And you're going to go into a bit more detail.
0: Yes, yes. Um, Activist investor Nelson Peltz has ended his push... To join the Disney board a day after the company announced 7,000 job cuts as part of a major restructuring program to cut around five and a half billion dollars in costs, he said uh, the uh, this changes his Trion uh, Partners hedge fund plans. Um, they had uh, sought changes to the cost structure and now this new plan seems to address that issue. Uh, Disney shares are up 18% since Peltz joined, uh, or announced, rather, his intention to join the board less than a month ago. Well, speaking to our U.S. colleagues, Disney CEO Bob Iger welcomed the end of Peltz's fight to get on the board. There is not a need. Plus, he has not articulated either a vision or even ideas that are of particular value to us. Now, some he has, but we were already working on those. And when I came in, we talked about cost cutting right away. We reorganized the company, we've recommitted
1: to profitability and streaming. So where, where is the need? Uh, Mr. Peltz was also celebrating and wished the company well.
0: This was a great win for all the shareholders management at disney now plans to do everything that we want them to do we wish the very best to bob his management team the board we will be watching we will be rooting and the proxy fight is over so we're going to take a break when we come back france says it'll not rule out providing ukraine with fighter jets as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, please, for more support in Brussels, we'll have the latest when we come back.
1: Looking at the podcast this morning, it's that good. Uh, it's also got a little bit on uh, Chinese inflation on there. Um, you can check out the uh, aforementioned uh, nominated, much celebrated podcast wherever you find good podcasts. So, as Jeff was saying before the break, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, says he does not rule out providing Ukraine with fighter jets, but he added that Kiev was in urgent need of artillery and, of course, munitions. A Russian offensive in eastern Ukraine has intensified over the last few days, with a number of cities in the Donetsk region being targeted. Meanwhile, the Kremlin warned against European countries sending jets to Kiev, uh, saying it will be Ukraine which will ultimately suffer.
0: Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says other European leaders have also promised to supply Ukraine with aircraft. That could be the biggest shift yet in Western support for the country's defense against Russia. Zelensky uh, Zelensky visited Brussels on Thursday, where he spoke with EU leaders and called for tougher sanctions on Moscow. (coughs) Let's get out to Sylvia now, who joins us uh, from Brussels. And Sylvia, um, I think what was also interesting was, was what's happening with the accession plan for this country. Is there going to be any political progress on that over the course of the next 12 months?
2: Well, it was very interesting indeed to hear about that because when President Zelensky addressed the 27 leaders inside of the meeting, he was not very clear about the timeline when he wanted those accession negotiations to join the EU to start. But then later on today, when he joined this press conference with the president of the European Council and the president of the European Commission, Zelensky was very, very clear. He said, I want these negotiations to start this year. And he put pressure on the president of the European Council, Charles Michel, to say that indeed he would like to see this happening this year, in 2023. He reiterated that. So that was a very special moment here in Brussels yesterday. But indeed, that's in terms of joining the EU, that's more in the medium to long term. We know that even if these negotiations start this year, it will be a very long process for Ukraine. Having said that, in the short term, the focus is on weapons, is on what the European leaders can do to support Ukraine in terms of military assistance. And here the message from Zelensky was very clear, I need more weapons. And the Europeans said, OK, we're listening to you and we will do more. And I just want to highlight what we witnessed throughout the week, really, because, when Zelensky started this trip in London, he did get new, more, uh, more guarantees, more security guarantees in terms of. More Ukrainian troops being trained by the UK, particular pilots. Then Zelensky in Paris also got further security guarantees, both from France and Germany. Though he did not say which ones for security reasons. So all in all, though, it does seem to have been a successful trip for the Ukrainian president. And he told us here in Brussels, "I cannot go back home empty-handed."
3: Я не маю
1: I simply don't have the right to come home without any results. That depends on our partners and on me personally, and for me it's very important that all talks we conduct can lead to a result.
3: Perhaps that's slightly impertinent, but it's not cynical,
1: it's a pragmatic point of view. This isn't about emotions, there are no emotions involved since the 24th of February last year, we're just being pragmatic. For us to survive we need weapons, we need these weapons.
2: So we have talked about these accession talks to the EU, we've talked about further military assistance, and then the third key point out of these conversations here in Brussels with the president of Ukraine is over new sanctions against Russia. And here the president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, was also very clear to say that they are working on a new package of sanctions against Russia. And here she is outlining in terms of what we can expect for measures within this 10th package of sanctions. Russia must pay for the destruction caused and for the blood spilled. In the next days, we will propose the 10th package of sanctions. First, we will impose sanctions on a number of political and military leaders. But also, dear Volodymyr, we listened very carefully to your messages when we visited you last week in Kiev. We will target Putin's propagandists because their lies are poisoning the public space in Russia and abroad. You were insisting on that. We hear you. We will follow up. And we are going after them. Secondly, the package will include additional exports ban, worth more more than 10 billion euros. So the President of the European Commission there, Ursula von der Leyen, and we're expecting this new package of sanctions to be announced clearly on February 24th, which as you know, Steve, will mark one year since Russia started this invasion of Ukraine.
1: Super duper work, thank you very much indeed. Again, hot footing it, more than even Geoffrey Cutmore, hot footing it from Westminster to Brussels following this story. Yeah, I know, and um, uh, senior correspondent.
0: Is that she, her had, title she had a promotion that? recently. Really? Yeah, yeah. congratulations oh, to I had Sylvia. I have no idea. Because she's willing to hot foot it to these yeah, places. I, I've that been promoted. Not very much notice.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, executive. So, is uh, it the
0: stationery cupboard again? Uh, <laughs> you in I, charge I, now? I am executive deputy
1: assistant. To Mr. Cutmore. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> As if that
0: title ever existed.
1: It's so on my business cards. Is that right? A bit like them myself. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on this show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.